Welcome, Hoosier fans, to another victorious edition of the Assembly Call, one that we thought uh, might be a long time coming after the uh, after the last game against Purdue. But your Indiana Hoosiers went on the road and knocked off Iowa 81-69 to tonight in a game that saw IU battle foul trouble from both of its big men during the game, see some unexpected contributions from uh, Jordan Geronimo uh, in relief of those guys, and in a defense that held Iowa without a field goal for the better part of 11 minutes in the second half uh, right after they fell behind by nine points and went on a huge run uh, to uh, to to build eventually a double-digit lead that they would uh, hold on to with a few tense moments uh, of uh, of ball handling against the press and decision making but uh, they they shook off some early free throw woes Al Durham made a bunch down the stretch to uh, to seal the game and not really let Iowa uh, get back in it uh, this moves the Hoosiers to nine and six on the season, and four and four in the Big Ten, and was a way for them to uh, recoup one of these home games that they dropped early in the season uh, by picking up a big uh, and unexpected road win uh, for these guys. So, uh, hats off to the team, to Archie Miller and the coaching staff for getting them ready to play, and uh, and to all those who played in the game and contributed, including one guy who only scored one point but was. Uh, was as meaningful as anybody at uh, for stretches in the game who will uh, who will get to as well. But a, a true team effort with four guys in double figures, but uh, a really really great defensive effort. Iowa scores just thirty two points in the second half, with a number of those coming late. Uh, just shot twenty six point five percent after the uh, after after the intermission, and so uh, a really big win for IU. We we argued before we came on here, perhaps uh, the biggest in Archie Miller's tenure. So we'll. Uh, We'll, we'll talk about that more uh, as we go on and break down the game, but I'm your host, Andy Bottoms. I'm here with the coach, Brian Tonsoni, also with Ryan Phillips, and a special guest, at least for a little while, uh, Jared Morris, Gerard Morris. Uh, not sure what we're, uh, what we're calling him these days, but he'll, uh, he'll be here as well to break it all down for you in a, in a game that warranted all four of us being here. And so we'll start this show the way we start every show, and that is with our Who's Your Proud Banner moment. And you could probably pick any number of plays along a 23-3 to run that saw IU turn a 9-point deficit into an 11-point lead. Uh, big plays uh, um, along that stretch. Uh, an Anthony Leal three-pointer that tied it. Iowa then scored. Jordan Geronimo uh, had an and-one opportunity, missed the free throw, as would uh, as would become customary for IU until late in the game. Uh, that was a really big playoff, a nice drive from Armand Franklin. And the, it culminated in a Rob Finnessy three-pointer that put IU up 67-56, to 56, uh, again, after having fallen behind by nine points in the second half. And, uh, you know, that run really, in general, w- was the banner moment for me. It's certainly longer than a moment, but just a number of guys and unexpected guys making big plays. That came pretty much all, I believe, with Trace Jackson Davis on the bench. I mean, you had Jordan Geronimo score. You had Leo score, as I mentioned. Al made an elbow jumper. Armand hits a three. Geronimo gets a hammer dunk. Jerome with another and one opportunity. And then Rob made that three. I mean, it was uh, it was not the expected cast of characters making plays for IU during that stretch. And if you want to spin that forward to what this could mean for IU going forward, having so many guys be able to contribute and really step in and play well. Even Christian Lander played his best stretch of basketball in a while. Uh you know, you don't get a road win against a really efficient offensive team and a really good team like Iowa without having some unexpected contributions. And IU certainly had those, and a number of those guys made huge plays during that big twenty-three to three run, uh, which for me was tonight's banner moment. 
Our banner moment tonight is brought to you by our friends at Homefield Apparel, who is now in their fourth season of sponsoring the Assembly Call. And with winter here and hoodie weather officially arrived, you need to make your way over to their website, homefieldapparel.com. They have something unique for everyone, especially IU fans, and all of their apparel is printed on the softest, warmest, most comfortable, and most washable materials you'll find anywhere. If you're looking for a few suggestions, uh, reach out to Coach or I, as I think we both uh, restocked over the holidays. Lots of great IU gear, but uh, I think, as I mentioned, I bought a UC Irvine Anteaters basketball t-shirt, uh, Fresno State basketball shirt, uh, Colorado School of Mines, uh, a, lot to, uh, a lot to like there, uh, including all the great IU stuff that they have. Uh, and in addition to IU, they've got apparel from more than 90 different colleges and universities, new ones being added all the time, including BYU this week. And their designs are so unique, interesting, and vintage that you may end up like Coach or I, where you end up with a closet full of shirts and hoodies for schools that you uh, you don't really have any allegiance to, but you really like the designs and you really like the material. So you can save on your home field order by using the promo code ASSEMBLY20 at checkout. It'll give you 20% off your entire order throughout the year. So go to Home Field Apparel, load up your shopping cart, and enter ASSEMBLY20 at checkout to get 20% off at Home Field Apparel. All right, well, it's time to move the ball, find the open man, and get some thoughts from the rest of our team. Uh, Jared, making a, uh, a maybe a cameo appearance, depending upon how long you're planning to uh, stick around. I'll, uh, I'll throw it to you first. What are your, what are your thoughts on this big win? Uh, I hope you're prepared to read the email I sent where I predicted that the team was going to get hammered in this game tonight. So shows goes to show you what I know, but uh, what, uh, what were your thoughts on the game tonight? Proud. I'm just really proud of the team and the program for the way that they bounce back. And you, know, you think about how we all felt after the Purdue game and just how despondent we were and how poorly they played and how they weren't you know, mentally ready to play that game. And tonight they were. I mean, shoot, they came out and gave, out, gave up like 25 points to Iowa before you could blink. And then you know, the defense turned around and they turned in such a good performance. And you know, it's interesting... You know, I don't think Indiana playing well in this game was actually that difficult to predict because what we've seen from Archie Miller over the first four years of his tenure is that when it seems like things are at their bleakest and you kind of start to count them out, they kind of bounce back and play well. You know, you remember the Michigan State win in Romeo's year. Uh, you remember how they, you know, they had that horrible game at Minnesota and they kind of bounced back and played better after that. So they have... A, a history of, you know, as right when you think that they're, you know, the bottom has fallen out, our pets' heads are falling off, they come back and deliver some good performances. Now, it doesn't always sustain after that, and so we're going to have to see this is one night. But my goodness, for one night, you know, for them to do this and get a win that is going to anchor their NCAA tournament resume, you know, which is huge. But also, you know, what I think it does, what I kept thinking about, and maybe Coach can, can talk to this, is watching them play defense in the second half – and my goodness, how nice was it to see another offense go through a drought like the ones that it feels like we experience over and over again? But this feels like Iowa one of the, went thirty-one minutes of game time without hitting a three. It's incredible, you know. And look, Indiana had it's been not that incredible. Up, We've seen that many times, Jared. I don't know what. Yeah, no, that's that's well, normal. What okay, do you, but you mean it, you mean all teams don't do that? But here's the thing. Here's the thing. You know, Indiana had been giving up forty percent three-point shooting in Big Ten play. That wasn't going to continue. Now, you don't expect the regression to come against Iowa, but it did, you know, and part of that was because Indiana played better. But the point I was going to make is, you know, this seems like a game that Archie Miller is going to be able to point to and say, look, guys, when you played our defense the right way, when you play together, when you play with that kind of effort and focus, you can stop the best offense in the country. 
So what excuse do you have in this game, you know, in the next game or the game after that for not playing defense like you did tonight? You know, and this seems like an identity type game for a program that even though defense is supposed to be the identity, you know, it's been up and down. And tonight they showed that when they're locked in, even fighting through foul trouble, they can be a great defensive team. They've just been too inconsistent for you to actually call them that. But they have that potential. And we saw that tonight. And offensively, they were able to do some nice things and get contributions from different guys. So, you know, I'm just I'm really proud of the team. I'm really proud of the coach. You know, it's one night. This game only counts as one win. And so, you know, we don't want to get too carried away. We've seen this program be up and down under Archie Miller. But it sure was nice after what we saw against Purdue to realize that this team still has some life in it. Because I think a lot of us were questioning, you know, what these next couple of months were going to be. And tonight showed us that this team still has some fight left in it. uh, And maybe even more than that, because this was a huge win against a really good team. And I'm just really proud of them. All right, Ryan. I hesitate to uh, throw it to you. I, th- I think this will be, you know, a, a lesser rant perhaps uh, than the than the new record that you set on the on the prior show. So I'll throw it to you. So, coach, stay at the ready. Don't don't uh, go run upstairs for a snack or anything like you probably could have done the last game. Yeah, you know, I, I echo a lot of what Jared said about being proud. I mean, you know, there were raving people on the internet saying that Archie Miller should be fired a week ago. Uh, what I, I mean, this is just crazy. Uh, what I will say is that this team used its la- its week where it got a week off essentially uh, with Michigan State with the Michigan State game being canceled and they used it wisely and you could see that a lot of guys improved. Christian Lander was out on the floor. He only played I think how many minutes like four minutes. Jordan Geronimo only played ten. Those two guys look like different players. They look like they belong on a college court. And I'm going to credit the coaching staff who I ripped a week ago at about this time. I was excoriating the coaching staff. They made those guys better this week. And the one guy I will point to tonight, if, if I'm going to rant about anybody, first of all, I think, I think, as you said, it, it was the best, biggest win of Archie Miller's tenure, whether or not it's, it's, it's against the best team or, or this or that. And there are other circumstances given where this program was a week ago, this was the biggest win of his tenure. And I don't think there's any question about it because this team needed this win. You don't win this, and you can lose to Rutgers and fall off a cliff because of what's coming up down there, down the road. The one guy I will point to as somebody who all night gave as much effort as anybody on the floor was locked in, and maybe he's not going to get the credit, is Ray Thompson. He worked on Luca Garza and made that guy work all night for everything he got. He had foul trouble. There were some terrible calls against him. He only scored one point. He didn't really do much from the floor. He was getting hammered and battered and beaten, and he was outworking Luca Garza, the national player of the year. He will be national player of the year. He outworked him all night for position, and he made that guy earn every single thing he got. There were one or two buckets where Garza got a clean look. The rest... He and other guys were working at it. Now, that's not to say Thompson was the best player on the floor or, or, or you know, deserves to be the MVP of this game, but it's an example of what this team did tonight. And Rob Finnessy is another guy who worked so hard all night long, chasing their guards off screens, closing out on guys, helping other people, doubling down in the post, and then recovering to his guys so they didn't get a clean look. That's the Indiana you expect under Archie Miller. You expect these guys to outwork the other team and to recover defensively and to just put everything they have on the floor. 
Race Thompson did that tonight. He only played 21 minutes, but it was 20. There were 21 of the most impactful minutes on the floor because he worked all of those 21 minutes. He didn't give up for a second. He never got discouraged when he had great position and Luca Garza beat him. He came back down the next time and did the exact same thing he was doing and outworked him. Finnessy the same way. Franklin was chasing guys. Al Durham played well defensively consistently. I mean, and then that trick, seeing those guys do that trickled to the rest of the roster. Everybody who was in that game gave all out effort the whole time, no matter what happened. They didn't get discouraged when they got down nine. They didn't get discouraged when they guarded a guy well and there was a bad foul call and he went to the, and they got two points off free throws. They never gave up. And that is what you expect from this team, which is why it's been so disappointing to see it not happen in other games. Hopefully this is a sign of things to come because you're right, Jared. Archie can point to this and say, this is what we can do. We can hold the best offense in the country to 69 points and we can stop them from shooting threes and we can stop them from getting easy buckets if they would just focus and, 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 and give all the energy they have. So it was an enormous win, and it was also enormous not just because they won, but because of what they showed they can do when they play together, when they play smart, and when they play hard. This is what this team is capable of, and that's why it's so frustrating when they don't get there. So again, as we always say, it's not about the win tonight. It's not about the loss last week at Purdue. It's not about the win tonight. It's about how you respond to that and how you develop moving forward. How do you capitalize on an enormous win? Do you go out? and do this to Rutgers, if you do, you start to make people believe in you. And that's what this team needs. It needs people, itself included. These guys still need to believe in themselves. But it just continues to move forward. And, and so they responded to that Purdue loss by having clearly what was a good week of practice and came in and knocked off Iowa. How do you respond now to the success of beating Iowa? This would be a great place for the Tom Crean. That is how you're a champion drop, but I don't have it. So we move on. Coach, thoughts on this uh, IU 12-point victory at Iowa? Yeah, happy for Coach Archie Miller. You know, he took a beating for a week, can't coach, can't do anything, comes out with a heck of a game plan to guard Garza and guard the shooters, absolutely shuts down a team, 92 points a game uh, average. Uh, no one thought, you know, Andy Bottoms thought they're going to get boat raced by 30. Um, the the line I didn't was give ten, I didn't give a projected number that they were going to lose by. To the be line, fair, the line was ten and a half. Uh, he can't motivate. He can't you know build players. He can't do anything. He just goes on the road and beats the number three team in the country, four team in the country soundly. Uh, and the other thing is, it's why you play forty minutes. You know, at the eight minute mark of the first half, the world was over on social media and the whole world was crumbling and good thing the guys don't read social media at halftime because they gathered up and they came and played ball um this is what this team's capable of very enjoyable it's why you stick with them uh they just got to be uh, a little more consistent and it can't go away but um credit to the coaching staff for taking that week that cancellation and using it to their benefit and putting together a heck of a game plan defensively um to hold one of the best three-point shooting teams to to way, way below their average. Um, uh, credit's got to go. I mean, because credit's going to come back on your back, Archie, but credit's got to go there. That's 100% Archie Miller. Archie Miller won the game tonight because he, he developed players this week. He he got the game plan. He got people to make shots when it counted. Uh, he got the travel arrangements done correctly. Um, he, he got the pregame meal on time. Uh, Archie did everything well this week. 
hold on to that feeling because it's going to go away probably. But kudos, Archie. <laughs> Which nice. is ready for a contract extension. Uh, apparently. apparently. <laughs> no. All right. That so was, like was, no, 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 no. There it is. There it is. Uh, all right. So I think what coach talked about is where I wanted to go first. And that was really about the defensive game plan, uh, particularly on Garza really were aggressive doubling him when he put the ball on the floor, key steal by Rob Finnessy late uh, in that situation. And really when you look at Garza over the second half, he made one field goal in the last, uh, I just had it here, 12 minutes and 51 seconds. And that was a three pointer with, you know, under 30 seconds left, I think game was uh, decided when the game had been, had been decided. And, and, you know, they, they really took him away. They, uh, and, and credit goes to a lot of guys and we'll, we'll get into that. He's no Calbert Chaney, not even close to Calbert Chaney. That's true. That is true. You know, noted IU killer, uh, Bohannon goes 0 for 8 from 3, 0 for 9 from the floor. Iowa shot 1 of 10 from 3 in the second half, 5 of 23 for the game after coming out, uh, shooting pretty hot to, uh, to start with, so coach, I'll go to you first, and and I know I touched on some elements of the game plan, but as you look at that, you know what what did IU do on that end to uh, to be so successful? Ask me that question again. You got my, me working on my mic. Uh, over here. Stop distracting him, everyone. Uh, Sorry, no, that's we got bad. no. What, yeah, what, hopefully, that's better. Yeah, yeah it, it is. is. It is. Uh, you were just. I just thought you were just that excited before. I wasn't. I, you know. Uh, but uh, no, what what did you see IU do so effectively uh, on defense, and and maybe something that they'd struggled with well, in recent games they where they'd get torched in that first half? They had to be on the catch. Tonight is a no help night where you're on the catch on a three point line. You're going to let Garza go. They decided to add a little bit on the bounce. They were going to go hard and accept being in rotation. But if you go in rotation against Iowa and you give up wide open threes, uh, you're going to get beat. What happened in that, uh, that stretch is Armand was in no man's land uh, and, and the kick got to a shooter for a wide open three, and then Hunter didn't switch. They were switching the one through four um, so that no guards could get loose uh, on that. So they put a lot of pressure on the wings. Rob Fennessy, so good tonight, obviously for his points, but defensively, uh, to just getting up in the grill. But what you got to do is when you say be there on the catch, it's it's not about being close to your guy. It's about distracting the guy as soon as he catches so that he's just not ready to have shot prep. Uh, you can't give an, just an inch of space to these guys. They're that good shooters. And for the most part, Indiana closed out on the shooters really, really well. And for the most part, when they missed those closeouts, um, early, in the, early in the half they hit them. In the second half they missed one or two open shots. But I was really impressed with the fundamental – closeouts short of that uh, 7-0 streak from 18-17 up to 25-17, something along that line in the first half. But I think the guards did a really nice job, and even the bigs when they had to guard a, a smaller guy, of closing out and taking away sight and vision uh, for, from the three-point shooters. Well, Rob Finnessy was a beast tonight on the ball, and you know he he helped out, you know, uh, helping down a lot on the post and looked good. You got to give a lot of credit to Al Durham and and Armand Franklin chasing cutters, especially when they tried to initiate the offense. W one thing Iowa's done a lot this year, and it's the reason why they score a lot of points, is very quickly in their offense they get guys on the catch and can shoot. And, and, and those guys were closing out hard to their defenders coming off screens at the very top of the offense where the, the ball handler will initiate to somebody. And they didn't have a lot of clean looks early. Now, guys would get lost as the offense went along, especially in the first half. You'd see guys get lost in that mix. And look, I was good at doing that. That's, that's why they 
uh, are able to score as many points as they as they can and as they do, and 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 why so many guys can shoot is because they get good looks and they got good looks early on and missed them. But in the second half, those guys really closed down those cutters. They really closed down the switching, the sloppy switching that was going on in the first half that led to a couple open looks. And everybody just it was almost like they got in a zone defensively, how you do offensively. You know, with a, it was almost like heat check defense. They just were where they were supposed to be. You saw guys communicating. You saw guys just instinctively going to the right places. Now they got mixed up in the in the wash at, at some points, but then there was always extra effort to get out. You know, there was none of this kind of like, oh, I blew it, and you see a guy like kind of shrug his shoulders. They immediately cut out and at least tried to give a, a token pressure to a three point shot when it would go up. That was the difference. They tonight. took away that, Garza's ability to pass. Garza's a really that, great passer, that, too. That's why it's scary to double uh, or to help or even to show like you're going to come before he puts it on the bounce. That's why I like that wait till it was on the ground to go because then he has to pick it up and make a move, it, and you can exactly. do that recovery that you're talking about. If you go on the catch, he's got the ability to take a dribble yes. away and hit the open man, and then they, then they hit three. So I thought all the way around – uh, th- those combinations of things were, were part of the reason Indiana was so successful defense. And what I what I would say is the closeout defense was just as good as the initial defense, which isn't the case with this team a lot. You know, they, they'll go through that initial defense, but as soon as somebody gets lost, you see a lot of kind of looking around like whose job is it? And tonight it was just like, well, it's my job. I'm going to go get him. Even if that's not my guy, I'm closing out to him to make him you know, f- to make him feel pressure as he's taking that shot. Or And a lot of guys for Iowa, once they started missing, that pressure would come, and instead of taking the shot, even though it was open, they'd see the pressure coming, and they'd defer to somebody else. And that deferment would lead to later shot clocks. And I don't care who you are or how good your offense is, or if you've got the National Player of the Year, when it gets late shot clock, everybody gets nervous. And so you're less likely to score late shot clock than you are with 15, 20 seconds left if you're moving it and if you're forcing it. And so those closeouts work, even if it – maybe leads to another guy getting a look. You've got to put some pressure on those guys on the perimeter. Here's something to go back and and think about if we watch the game too, is that did the foul trouble kind of help us? Um, because you had one one true post player in there. We love them both. They're both really – you want them on the floor. But you got Geronimo, who is a little more athletic. Uh, you had Hunter, who could guard more outside, that maybe uh, that stretch of defense, you know, when we were trying to play one post player at a time, we matched up to a smaller – uh, type of uh, Iowa team who lists four guards and Garza in their starting lineup, that could have ended up being a, a blessing having to manage that, which I thought Archie did well too to keep the guys uh, guys going. Well, I think the other thing uh, is probably a good, good segue to talk about Jordan Geronimo and, and in general the, common, the contributions from the bench. But uh, the other thing the foul trouble forced them to do was to use Geronimo, and this was uh, by – by a thousand miles, the best he's he's played in IU uniform and played confidently, didn't force anything, and really made Garza work for somebody who was undersized in that scenario. And I think he goes out there thinking, "Hey, I got five fouls to give. I'm just going to play him really aggressive." And he was not afraid to get up into him, uh, try to muscle him. I think his athleticism helped him pick up some rebounds. I thought he passed the ball really well when he would get in the middle of the zone. He had a nice touch pass to to somebody for a. Uh, I think they ended up getting fouled if I'm remembering the play correctly. And you even saw him make adjustments within the game right before, I think it was a possession or two before he got the dunk on that, um, on the slip to the basket. 
he had another opportunity to cut to the middle of the lane. He kind of turned himself around. He eventually got there, but he was a little bit late. And then, you know, possession or two later, Armand finds him. He slips down and, and throws one down. Uh, had the big bucket. I think it was Armand driving and finding him on the baseline as well. That was an and one opportunity there. Just gave valuable minutes. And, and we've seen him come in and force a three-pointer, things like that here and there. Um, but he played really well and his contributions were as important as anybody's were, um, did a good job on Garza for being thrown into a really uncomfortable scenario. So, uh, Jared thoughts on, on Geronimo. I don't think even the most optimistic of us could have seen this coming in this game tonight. Imagine entering this game. If someone had told you that our Jordan would outscore their Jordan by seven points, (laughs) especially after everything Jordan Bohannon has done against us. And yet that's what Jordan Geronimo did. Look, I don't think the importance of what the bench guys did can be overstated because there have been a lot of games this season where Indiana has gotten virtually nothing from the bench and Indiana won this game by 12 points. They got 14 points from the bench. And if you think back to that time in the second half, when trace got his fourth foul and race got his fourth foul and the game was really hanging in the balance, you've got There's 10 Jordan, minutes left. Yeah. And I you've mean, got Jordan Geronimo playing key minutes. You've got Anthony Leo playing key minutes, Jerome Hunter. And then Christian Lander came in, And Ryan, as you mentioned, played the best that he's played. You know, didn't score any points, but wasn't getting driven on and was plus four. Like we've seen games where Christian Landers played two minutes and been minus 10. And it fit because all the points came against him and he would turn the ball over. Kid got a steal, too. He was much more composed. And so what those guys did and the three pointer that that Leal hit to tie the game, that was a huge shot that like it really felt like kind of everybody believed they were going to win as soon as that shot went in. Like it really seemed like that shot kind of propelled everything that came after it. And so for those guys to come do that in, in this big of a game, I was, you know, I don't really want to say in this environment, but still on the road against a team like Iowa, that's huge, really huge. And, you know, obviously Geronimo was the headliner of that because of what he did defensively, you know, because of his ability to just, be in the right place at the right time offensively. But, you know, Jerome Hunter played 21 minutes and was plus 16 tonight, you know, and, you know, this wasn't I one of those he played games. really well. Yeah, this wasn't one of those games where he came out and hit a bunch of threes, which he usually does, you know, when he's part of big runs. He was just solid. And that's the thing. When was the last game when you looked up and down the roster and you said he was solid? He was solid. Like there, there's not a, there's not a guy that played tonight where you're like, oh, man, you know, outside of, you know, Armand's brain farts at the end of the game trying to <laughs> trying to break the press, you know, for those couple of minutes. Like everybody was just <sighs> solid. And when you have eight or nine guys that are gonna go in and do their job, do what they're gonna do, you can you can be you can have an imperfect roster and have flaws, not be able to shoot and still win games. The problem for this Indiana team is they've had all those flaws, they have all the stuff happen, and then usually you only have three, four, five guys really play well. You know, well, tonight everybody did their job. And so it just, you know, and it goes back to the point that we talked about earlier. Like, I don't know if this will be a turning point game and we won't know until we get far down the road, you know, so you don't want to say that it is, but this is the kind of game that we could look back on in a month and be like, this is where it all fell in line. And guys started to realize if I just do my job, everything else is going to fall into place because that's what they did. And especially those bench guys, it was so great to see because in the Big Ten, you're going to have to get those contributions. There's going to be games where Race Thompson picks up, you know, two, you know, where there's terrible calls on Race Thompson and other guys get fouls and other guys just going to have to step up. And we don't have a lot of depth. There's no Joey Brunk, whatever. Someone's got to step up. Here comes Jordan Geronimo. 
You know, this would not be the first time that you've seen a really athletic freshman come on strong in the second half of a season and provide the kind of defensive lift that can totally change the fortunes of a season. And I don't want to, you know, compare Jordan Geronimo to what OG Ananobi and Juwan Morgan did in 2016. But you remember what those guys did with their defense and how their energy and their athleticism really helped that team. Well, if Jordan can be a guy who can come in for five to 10 minutes a game with his energy and, you know, just getting garbage baskets and playing hard on defense like that, that's huge for this team. So we saw it tonight. Who knows if we're going to see it in the future, but at least we saw it. And at least they saw it in themselves. And that's something that you can build on. Yeah, I want to just say one thing. I, you know, I, we've down, we haven't talked about this a whole lot. We've mentioned it from time to time, but no non conference schedule really hurts the freshmen above everybody, right? I mean, because you don't get those stretches in bad games. You know, you saw Anthony or you saw a, a Galloway go off in a, in a preseason or in a non conference game earlier this year and break out. And that's how he kind of moved his way into the starting lineup. The other guys haven't really had a chance to do that because there weren't 10 to 15, you know, games before you got into the Big Ten. And so it's been trial by fire for these guys. And they finally had a week off midseason, essentially, to maybe grow because instead of in practice, instead of growing between games, you're focused on the next game and, and the game plan and all of that. You're not getting the chance to develop your skills. And to, and to maybe take a step forward or maybe get as much practice time as you need to take that next step because everything is so focused on the next game and the next game plan. And so this week off must has likely been huge for those guys. Anthony Leal, uh, you know, uh, had, I think he had five points tonight. Yeah, five points tonight, made two shots, but he played a tremendous defensively. Geronimo, as you mentioned, Lander, as you mentioned. I mean, they all just looked, like they belong now, which a couple weeks, I mean, like a week ago, that wasn't the case. And so it really is a big deal that they got this break because again, they missed out on what normal freshmen miss out on is that early season period where you can get some run and get out on the field or get out on the court and make yourself feel like you can play college basketball. Instead, they've been thrown into the fire and it hasn't worked for a lot of them. So now it's like a, it definitely feels like these guys are part of the team in a bigger sense than they have been. Their, their athleticism is very important coming down the stretch. And if you add understanding and awareness, then all of a sudden Indiana's better. And what you saw from Lander and Geronimo was awareness. Uh, and then you can add minutes now as a coach because now you've seen them in a crunch time situation where you were behind and you came back and took the lead and you didn't throw the ball away. You didn't weren't out of position defensively. Uh, and so you can build on those things and give those kids that confidence and, but it's trusting from the coaching staff. Uh, but I thought the athleticism really stood out. And that's something that, you know, um, it will only help this team. But Geronimo, what it was able to sit on Garza's legs. And that bothers a big post player. And then the other thing that was really good about Geronimo tonight that sometimes bigger defenders can't do is once Geronimo got, or, or Garza would get it, he likes to do those shuffle moves. And, and Geronimo's quick enough to go back and forth, back and forth, and catch that, that move in the chest and not have a smooth shot at the basket. And so you know this is going to be huge for these guys if they build on it. And everyone's right. It, it's not the game that's going to put Indiana, you know, on an eight-game winning streak or whatever. Um, but it is a game that you can build from. And those two young men really should feel pretty good about their performance. Add Leo in there as well, hitting a big shot to tie the game. And those are guys that, that 
are expected to do those things. It just took a while. And don't be. And the last thing is they might have games like this and then go away for a game or two, too. We said that at the very beginning of the year. When we need shooting, Leo might show up. When we need a hustle guy, Galloway might show up. Uh, you know, defense tonight, we need a Geronimo. That's still probably part of the pattern. But it's collectively maybe they can do it a little more often now. One, one last point I want to make real quick about Jordan Geronimo is he's got a ton of enthusiasm. And he's a guy that really seems to appreciate the minutes that he gets on the court. And you can see him even when he's on the bench, like he is cheering loud and he's, he's got, he's got a little Thomas Bryant in him in terms of just his attitude out there and having fun with what he's doing. He obviously is not like Thomas Bryant as a player, but just that attitude. And so if he can get some more regular minutes and be a guy that can just bring that energy for a team that still has a lot of stoic guys that can help every little bit of that helps, especially in these environments where you don't have fans, you know, and you've got to bring your own energy. His ability to do that really stands out for this team. Yeah. After he, I think it was after he made that dunk that, you know, he's smiling and then he immediately is going back and kind of getting into Garza and just like, look like he was relishing the opportunity to get into Garza. And I'm sitting there thinking Garza looks like he's about to wants to just haul off and punch him in the face. So (laughs) he was definitely frustrated by Geronimo as much as anybody. Oh, and even though he was expecting it to be easy. Yeah, I knew Race Thompson would wrestle him. I forget who it's not easy to look at. Period. Also true. I forget who it was who made the other steal on him. Rob had the one where he chased him down in the corner toward the end. There was somebody else when he put the ball on the floor in the middle. It might have been Armand or or Al. And yeah, he just had this defeated look on his face by that point. By you know, put the ball on the floor, lose it again. So Anyway, all right. Well, we got to get to the uh, we got to get to the guards, but it's probably a good time for a break. So, uh, when we come back, we're going to uh, share the meaningful moment that you might have missed, which is going to be uh, focused on the guard play, and uh, we'll talk more about IU's eighty-one sixty-nine win over Iowa. Uh, then we'll go inside the numbers and highlight the most important statistical notes as well. You're listening to the Assembly Call. Stay with us. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five. This is Verdell Jones. What's better than an epic buzzer beater? The full court dribble and perfectly placed pass to set it all up. And of course, celebrating with Hoosier Nation afterwards. So join Jared, Andy, Ryan, and Coach on the assembly call after every IU basketball game. Go Hoosiers. And welcome back to the Assembly Call IU Postgame Show. I'm Andy Bottoms here with our full panel tonight with Coach Brian Tonsoni, Ryan Phillips, and Jared Morris. And we are breaking down IU's 81-69 road win at Iowa. And it's time for... Meaningful moments that you might have missed. All right. I'm, I remember to play it, so that was good. I've uh, heard that one before. New music from Bob Thompson. I just... He's in the in the studio making things happen. Another Turn one. Your butt cheeks on. Another one yet to come. Uh, all right. So uh, meaningful moments to me. 
I wanted to highlight the guard play because we talk so much about uh, as Al and Rob go. Essentially, it's how this team tends to go. Those two guys tonight combined for 32 points, uh, made uh, five threes, uh, four of those coming from Rob, had seven rebounds, six assists, a zero in the turnover department for both guys, uh, two blocks and three steals, both those courtesy of Rob Finnessy. And so I wanted to start with Rob, and there were a handful of plays that he made that were uh, really savvy, not the least of which was his uh, his his late layup where he lulled them to sleep and uh, took an inbounds pass and laid it in to really put the icing on the cake. But even in the first half, uh, he was really aggressive early on, made a three early, had a nice drive. There was another play. Uh, I believe this one was early in the second half where uh, he, you know, Race Thompson played great defense. Rob gets the ball, drives in, misses the shot, but TJD is there for the putback. Just was generally aggressive. And, and, he only had three assists, which kind of surprised me, but I, I had marked two of them down as, you know, kind of meaningful moments, big plays. Uh, one, uh, he drove to the elbow, dishes to Geronimo for a dunk in the first half, not long after Geronimo had come to the game. And then he got in the lane, was really patient, pivoted around and threw the ball to Armand Franklin in the corner, who uh, I believe had not moved for the entirety of the possession, <laughs> uh, but hit a big three to make it 60 to 55. And Rob just made smart decisions, made smart plays, didn't, again, I feel like I'm saying the same things about Geronimo, didn't try to do too much, but was aggressive and made really smart plays. And as we've seen so far, we talked about his defense, but uh, offensively ends up with 18, which I think I heard was a career high for him. Uh, just a really strong game from uh, from Rob. Coach, thoughts on, on Rob's performance and just how big of a difference he really was on both ends of the floor tonight? He was just fantastic. Three assists, no turnovers. Um, uh, hit, missed a f- couple free throws down there. That that kind of made us nervous a little bit. But this is the Rob that I think a lot of us expected at the beginning of the year. And this is like that freshman year when he started. He w- he was attacking, looking for his shot. He's always been a solid defender. That really hasn't wavered over his three years. But tonight, right from the start, uh, eight points in each half, taking care of the basketball and locking down on defense. You know, if it's with Robin, it's like everything in this program right now. It's consistency. We we could just say that everyone go around the you know the room here and just say consistency. That that is a bottom line because we've seen a lot of good and we've seen a lot of bad. Uh, when the good is collectively put together, he Rob Rob's a pretty good guard. Um, and we need him, and we need L. I thought L. Durham was poor in the first half, but better in the second half, and he knocked down some key free throws. So everyone contributed. Um, but, yeah, Rob, this was good for Rob because I, I just think, um, you know, as a point guard, you run the offense, you get us in the offense, you control and dictate the pace, uh, and when you're hitting shots on top of that, then that just makes everyone better. And we can't take him out of the lineup too long because of his defense. So, it just was a really good night. You're proud of the guy. When you see someone struggle like that as a coach, as a fan, you got to pull for a guy like that to have a night, you know, on the road, top five team. Everyone thought you were going to get boat race, especially Andy Bottoms. And, and you come out and really, really think, come out and stick it, stick it to everyone. So, um, yeah, great job, young man. Great job. Hey, look, just because I was the only one who actually responded to the email with their feelings, even though we may have all been feeling the same thing, is no reason to lash out. Uh, hey, I was quite clear that I thought we were going to be in this game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah whatever. Uh, look, I, I think with Rob, the, the big stat to look at is he played 32 minutes and he didn't turn the ball over. 
he was connected with his teammates and he was getting in. Sometimes Rob does the thing and, and he hasn't done as much lately where he comes across half court and doesn't know what they're running and just kind of holds the ball, and waits for Archie Miller to call a play. Um, he didn't do that tonight. He was more aggressive. He was willing to let's get up, get the ball in. And, and I know Iowa's defense has something to do with that, but he was probing all night. He was trying to drive guys. He was trying to, you know, attack and, 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 and push the ball forward. And I think that when you look at his numbers, four of seven from three, huge for Indiana, as we've, as we've noted, when Indiana shoots, well, it's a different team, a completely different team. And he was aggressive enough tonight. Sometimes when he misses one, even if he's made them, when he misses one, he's done. He doesn't want to take anymore. Cause he just, it's, it's like a confident, a blow of confidence uh, to his confidence. He kept going tonight and he, and he made some big ones and, you know, six of 12 from the field, two rebounds, three assists, only had two personal fouls chasing those guys around, had two, had, had as many blocks as he had personal fouls and then three steals too. I, I just think that it was one of the most complete efforts we've seen from Rob in an Indiana Jersey. And, and it looked that way from the jump. He was aggressive from the jump. He was confident from the jump. And 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 I just thought I, I was so impressed with what he showed. I mean, let's remember, he got benched earlier in the year because he wasn't playing well. And he has really come on lately and shown that he wants to lead this team. He wants to be one of the guys that leads this team's offense. And then he's leading from the front on defense, too. I you got to feel great for Rob on a night like this. I mean, this this win is on his shoulders, in my opinion. I really do think that without him, they don't win this game, or they don't even. I don't even think they come close. His defense, his savvy on uh, uh, knowing when to double and and getting steals and and mixing it up, and then his toughness offensively too, and 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 smarts there. I I just he was phenomenal tonight, and this is the best Rob Finnessy we've seen. Yeah, so I wanted to touch on Al Durham as well. Uh, since we talked so much about defense and how they defended in the first in the first segment, um, I thought the guard play, as again as has become customary for this team, is is the uh, the kind of swing swing element of the game that that can push things one way or the other. And Al ends up I padded his stats by making free throws, which thank God somebody was willing to make free throws toward the end of the game. Uh, was eight of eight down the stretch, but had ten points in the second half. Again, eight of those coming on free throws. The other shot he made was during that big run for IU where he hit a mid-range jump shot. But he had three rebounds, three assists in the second half. Uh, even scored the last point of the first half on a free throw where he got fouled toward the end. And I thought as much as anything, it was leadership from him uh, tonight. You saw Armand Franklin make some uh, not great decisions uh, down the down the last stretch of play, whether it was throwing the long pass to Trace Jackson Davis, which I actually didn't think was a bad decision. I thought it was poorly executed because it wasn't a very good pass. But, um, you know, Turned the ball over another time. Almost turned the ball over a time after that when the ball got deflected. I think eventually got to Rob. And at every stretch of that, you had Al. He was the first guy to Armand, kind of propping him back up, talking to him, trying to get him to calm down, do things like that. I think those are, you know, you need your senior leader to be able to step up and make free throws in a game that you've shot free throws really poorly. You need him to step up and show leadership in those moments. And I thought, in addition to playing well defensively, as we talked about before, I thought those were the moments that really mattered for Al because it showed what he meant over the course of the flow of the game. Andy, I just put in the chat, I have a moment about Al. That was the moment. You know, there's been a lot of slander on this show and in other places about Indiana's guard play and at times well-deserved. But Andy, you said it. Tonight, Indiana won because our guards are better than their guards. And no one would have expected that coming in. But it's pretty simple. Most games in the Big Ten are going to be won by the team with better guards. And tonight, Indiana had 
had better guards. And, you know, what Al did at the end there was real leadership, you know, going over to Armand, stepping up and knocking down those free throws. You know, that, that was huge. That's what you need from him. You know, even that, uh, you know, the jump shot that he hit in the second half was a really important shot in an important time. You know, he didn't force things. Indiana was getting offense from other places. And so, you know, sometimes Al has a tendency to try to force things, you know, try to take drives that aren't there, try to take shots that aren't there. You know, he didn't do that. But when Indiana really needed someone to step up, because, you know, who here wasn't terrified at the end of that game, as in it looked like Indiana was trying to give it away, <laughs> we're fouling them, we're turning the ball over, and yet somehow we're still nursing this 8, 10, 12-point lead. Well, it was because Al got the ball, made free throws, and there was a calmness about him. You know, I know, you know, look, Al's made some mistakes in the clutch this year. You know, he's dribbled off his foot, and he's done some things that you don't want to see. But, you know, we're entering now the final turn of his senior season. And there was a real calmness about him in this game that reminded me of what we saw from him last year when he really stepped up and was the, the, the guy that, you know, that Archie Miller put the ball in his hands at the ends of games. And he did that tonight. And that's huge. So, again, you know, we've seen enough ups and downs from Rob and Al that we don't want to make too many proclamations about what this means going forward. But this is what you have to see from them. And if you get this kind of guard play, you can go compete in every Big Ten game. You know, it's that simple. So both those guys really came to play tonight. And, you know, without Al's poise at the end of the game, you know, it really felt like Indiana was ready to kind of cough this one up. And Al just wasn't having any of that. And he made sure that it stayed a nice, comfortable margin all the way till the end. Yeah, here, here's something, too, to help out the guards defensively that was a strategy thing. They always had number 30, I think it was McCaffrey, inbound the ball as a four-man, and the, the defender who was guarding McCaffrey would, would jab at the guard coming down because Iowa liked to post real quick. And if their guards get a quick run to a, a passing position at the point or the wing and enter it into Garza in transition, that's part of Iowa's game plan. And I think that was very disruptive and allowed the guards, both Al and Rob, to get back and corral. Uh, we, we call it corralling the point guard and forcing the point guard to take a couple more dribbles. So, you know, a lot of times it's man-on-man, guard your yard, who's guarding, and, and you get credit for guarding. But sometimes those little things, those strategy things and those team efforts also set the tone to help the defender on Garza, Garza to help the defender at the guards. But I, I thought the guards defensively, for the most part, um, were outstanding uh, tonight and needed to be against this type of team. Yeah, Ryan, you said you had a, a moment you want to talk about? Yeah, I've actually got two, and it was back-to-back buckets, right? Not back-to-back possessions, but back-to-back buckets. With 4.04 left in the game, Indiana was up six, and Garza just made a, got into the free-throw line, uh, made one of the free-throws, um, and that's when they took Jordan Geronimo out and brought Race Thompson back in on the first possession. They got the ball to Race at the, uh, in, in the paint, and he got the ball to Jerome Hunter for a quick layup um, and, and a foul, and Jerome missed the free throw. But then at 2.48 left, Indiana's up. I think it was eight. It was still eight, and both teams had sort of missed opportunities, and he got the ball again in the center, and he kicked it over to Rob Finnessy, and Rob knocked down a three and made it 11 points with 2.48 to go. Those are two big assists from Race Thompson, and it stretched the lead to 11 points, and there's stuff in there where they're playing good defense as well. You know, Rob had that steal of, of from Garza in there, and um, you know, there were some bad shots by Iowa, a bad shot by Indiana, but those two buckets took it from a six point lead to an 11 point lead with less than three minutes to go. That's game changing. And both of them were, were spotted by race Thompson with really good passes. And I think that 
when you don't score as a post player in a game. And again, race going up against Garza and some of the link that Iowa had, this was not going to be a game where he was going to score 20 points, but he was able to use his smarts on offense to carve out good position, make it so everybody had to pay attention to him because he had good position and they couldn't risk a foul on Garza. So other guys would have to come help. And he found the open man repeatedly and made things happen. And I just think that was an example of, again, I talked in the opening about his effort tonight. He also played some pretty smart basketball. Yeah, he ended up leading the team with four assists. Although I will contradict one point you made. Uh, we saw tonight no, they were not going to call fouls on Luca Garza, so that no, was not actually absolutely a concern, not. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, any other any other moments you guys want to hit before we uh, get to stats? I'm seeing I'm seeing shaking heads, so I'm gonna I'm gonna move on. And uh, all right, let's go inside the numbers. And I guess we'll start with Trace Jackson Davis because we haven't talked about uh, haven't talked about a guy who led the team in scoring with 23 points and led the team in rebounding with seven. Uh, Yet and and I felt like um so so we'll kind of hit individual stats with him and and use it as a way to talk about his performance. I I thought he it was an uneven performance from him. When he was good, he was really good, and when he wasn't, he was he was kind of out of it. And it it there were times in the first half he he missed some close shots, but missed them by a wide margin. I think anticipating contact, uh, trying to go around Garza, some of the stuff that we've talked about with him before. Uh, and even in the second half when he scored, I think 15 of his points, you know, really came out strong, got a dunk on IU's first possession to put back a couple possessions later, another dunk, you know, then he missed a couple shots inside, missed two free throws, bounced back and made a three point play. The next time he touched it, got another bucket inside another, uh, and one. And, and it was just even within the game. And I, and maybe some of that is attributable to foul trouble, but again, I think we saw some of the same things that have been talked about with him where at times he just didn't have great body language and and didn't seem as into the game but boy when he you know really really forced the issue and and forced the action thought he was he was really effective at times and even though he was playing with foul trouble some of which i think were uh questionable at best um i i thought he did all the things that you would expect of him but it's it's odd to talk about him so far into a show and a big win I think it speaks a little bit to his performance and a little bit to how much of the performances of other guys meant. But uh, Jared, what was your read on, on, on Trace in the game tonight? You know, I thought there was a stretch in the second half, you know, when Indiana was kind of down four, six, eight, that Trace really kept us in it, you know, kind of kept us, just kept us there with his, you know, he just, you're right. It was kind of uneven, but there was a stretch there where he had that ferocity where he was just, you know, dead gummit, I'm going to score. You know, I'm going to find ways to get the ball in the bucket because, you know, we're kind of struggling offensively. And sometimes he has to be that guy because he's by far the most talented player that this team has. Um, and, you know, you're right. It's, you know, he's entered that Yogi Ferrell zone a little bit where he can have 23 points and seven boards and you just kind of take it for granted and you don't even mention him until the, until the middle of the show for, for a big win. Um, but that look, that is, that's the burden of stardom and that's what he is. And that's what he carries on his shoulders every time out. And last year as a freshman, he wasn't ready for that. And he had those no show games. He doesn't do that anymore. You know, even when he doesn't play well, he finds a way to produce. And tonight, you know, he, you know, he had the foul trouble and had some things not go his way, but he found a way to give Indiana the production that they needed. And there were stretches of the game where he was just like, hey, come on, hop on my back. I got it. Let's go. And some games, you know, that'll happen. And then he'll kind of be exhausted and look around and there's no one to help him out. 
tonight that happened, he looked around and Jordan Geronimo's helping him out. And Rob Finnessy's making a play and Armand Franklin's making a play, you know, and that had to be a great feeling for him. So, it, you know, look, he, this was a complete team effort, but he was still the best player. You know, he was still, you know, when he's on the court, he's the sun around which, you know, everything, everything orbits. Uh, and that's how it's going to be for this team. Um, but it was nice tonight to, to see him have his teammates have his back. But for certain stretches of the game, when Indiana really needed just to stay within reach of Iowa, you know, so that you could then make the run to get ahead that they did, you know, because who knows, you know, if Trace doesn't make those plays and Indiana goes down 10, 12, 14 points, you know, now when those when the freshmen come in and it's not as close of a game, how do they respond? You know, and, and what happens? You know, game flow is really important. So I thought that stretch from him was really, really big. He's done that was a nice job um, at key moments just getting Indiana positioned to win. I think that you're referring to that time they were down seven or eight and he got an and one. I, I don't know yeah. if he made the free throw or not, probably not. But um, he made two baskets in a row to get it to a four or five point lead, and then Indiana started that defensive run. That's really good. When he gets caught up is I think he really takes on the responsibility or the burden of being that that leader, and he makes a move and he runs into size. And at that point, then, he thinks he's just got to make a play because he's the guy. And it's it's really one of those errors by, you know, you're, you're just trying so hard to make something happen because you're so important for this team when the play is to kick out and repost probably, you know, not to try to go over someone. He's got to work better angles at times. And if you don't have the right angle, take your time, unless it's late shot clock, get it back out, repost, and, and that's the next element of his game to understand. But you might have needed players around him to make him more comfortable to pass that ball out. So that's all team team kind of stuff. I was a little frustrated that at key moments he missed those two shots because he turned right into Garza. Might have gotten fouled, probably did, and, and that's a whole another story. Um, but I thought he took bad angles, and he was a little impatient trying to make something happen. And then the sad thing is you think you expect him to score every time and have 40 and 20, and, and when he misses a shot or two, you, you, you get a little frustrated at, at watching it. But, boy, he, he's just really been – been outstanding and his game continues to develop uh he needs to block out a little better at key moments i thought indiana got abused uh on the boards if we're talking stats and we don't need to spend too much time in a win uh, but that's a film session um major lesson uh, on the plane back or whatever is uh, there has to be better rebound i thought he was a little lax getting getting to the defensive rebounds in the second half but when you're good man there's a lot of pressure uh on you to to, to be perfect every possession and he he was outstanding again yeah, I, look, Trace, I, I think that part of the reason he was uneven, you could tell he was fired up, especially after the first, after, at the start of the second half. You could tell he was fired up and focused. But it's really difficult to stay in the game when you're in foul trouble and when you miss free throws. It's demoralizing to miss free throws. And especially when you are him. You're, you're that guy. You're the guy, as you said, Jared. He's the sun that everything orbits around. He's the rock that this team is built on. And he was five of 10 from the free throw line tonight. And there were times where he came down and would make one of two, you know, when he had worked really hard to get position, work really hard to get a bucket, get fouled and then miss the free, miss at least one free throw. And then Iowa goes down and scores on the other end. So they're extending their lead, even though you got a scoring possession. And then also, you know, he, he was in and out of the game. He only played 28 minutes. I mean, he and Tom, he and Race Thompson. I mean, he played twenty eight. Race Thompson played twenty one. And Indiana won. If you told me they were only going to play that amount before the game, well, if you told me they were playing Iowa before the game, I would have said they weren't going to win. But if you told me that they were going to play that, you know, that amount of of time, 
there's no way they win this game, right? Especially against Garza and, and the guys they have up front. But Indiana made it work. As you said, Jared, very well, those guys around him stepped up and it certainly galvanized him. I mean, Trace came back in the game late. He didn't score a bunch late. He got his work done early in the second half and in the middle of the second half. Once he picked up that fourth foul, he came back and he helped out on the boards and stuff. But he, he wasn't, you know, it wasn't like they were scoring with him every time down. And who would have uh, thought so, that run was really with him on the bench? Yeah, and we a lot got of it was about three minutes. You know, we got all that time with with his four fouls and made a run. And, yeah, and that's got to be a lift for these guys too. Is for you know, sure. Yeah, we, we're going to go to TJD. Yes, he is our horse, but you know we can do it too. Uh, and it's not just throw the ball in there all the time. And and that can that can open things up. Well, and Andy, if you want to go into the next number, it's 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 rebounding. Indiana got slaughtered on the boards, forty six to thirty two, and gave up seventeen offensive rebounds. At one point, Iowa had rebounded like eleven of their thirteen makes in the second half. At one point, they, they had ten offensive rebounds in the first eight minutes of the, and I don't maybe there there was another one not long after that, but I know yeah when they fouled they fouled Nunji, I think on the right before they went to the under 12 timeout at that point, Iowa had 10 offensive rebounds in the first eight minutes. They only had four of the rest of the game. So yeah. I think the margin stayed pretty, pretty similar as you went there, but that like they did at least shore that up, but yeah, they were getting just hammered on the offensive glass because Garza was using Trace Jackson Davis, like a, like a ladder uh, for part yeah. of it to just climb on. I mean, they weren't rebounds, calling but... anything on Garza. Let's just, let's be no. real. And, and no. he was all over them. And, and if he didn't get the ball, he put them in a situation where somebody else could because he'd tip it or, or whatever. But here's the thing. They had 17 offensive rebounds. They only had 17 second-chance points. Why? Because Indiana kept playing through those demoralizing offensive rebounds they gave up. They would reset defensively, close out to shooters, you know, harass guys in the paint who got a rebound. I mean, occasionally they fouled them. But, you know, harass guys who got rebounds in the paint. I, I like they just kept working, you know, and, and normally in a normal game, if a team gets 17 offensive rebounds, you're probably going to lose because a lot of those are going to be turned into points. And, but Indiana, you know, held firm on it. And it was impressive to see that they weren't, you know, they weren't slumping shoulders when they didn't get the board. They kept working and outworked them. And a lot of those offensive rebounds came. Let's be real. 14 of them were in the second half. And a lot of them came because they were in foul trouble and the big guys were out. And you had Jordan Geronimo guarding a seven footer and you had Jerome Hunter as your other, you know, forward there. I mean, those guys are going to get out rebounded against, against a team that's as big as Iowa, but they never gave up and they kept working. And, and that was the reason why that was successful. Yeah, if you looking at other other stats here, I mean, it's certainly worth talking about the free throw shooting. IU ends the game twenty one of thirty five. Although I think if my math is correct, they made thirteen of their last eighteen to get to that point. So it was better down the stretch, uh, largely largely Al uh, in there. Yeah, without his TJ, without, TJD shot him better later in the game as well. I feel like, um, but yeah, yeah, without yeah without, without Al, it would have been ugly. Without Al, they were twelve of twenty five. So below 500, below yeah. 50%. I mean, yeah. Armand, Armand had a couple down the stretch too. Uh, yeah. But I, I was watching the game. My wife was watching a little bit of the game and she was getting frustrated by all these free throws. She's like, why do they keep missing free throws? I was like, well, I was like, we're just That's not that their good. Thing, of, you know? Yeah. I was like, I was like, we're just not that good of a shooting team. Really? Yeah. That's got to play the hits. You got to do so, it. So she's walking out of the room. She's like, how are you going to win games if you're not good at shooting? 
was like, I was screaming that at my television. Great, actually, that's all a night. great question. We made it's more free throws than they attempted tonight. That's yeah, true. That's old Bob. How you do think. Twenty-one makes. They took twenty-one attempts. Hey, you know where they got extra points too? The three-point line. Go figure. I mean, yeah, they yeah. were. Yeah, they ended up eight of seventeen from three, so forty-seven percent for the game. But they were four of six in the second half. I thought they were smart about the ones they took in the second yeah. half. I think. I felt like a lot of the ones in the first half were just not not even making an effort to get the ball inside the three point line, settling for threes, uh, quick shots. I, yeah, something I watched in an eighth grade game that my daughter plays on yesterday. Just oh, let's pass the ball around the perimeter and then just hurl the ball at the basket. Um, it, it it did not work well, and and so I thought the second half was just really smart shots. It, all those shots were off of penetration reversals. Just smart basketball and and shots again. Even those open shots off of good offensive actions are ones that this team had been consistently missing. So there's still something to be said for actually knocking them down in that in that scenario. But um, they did they did shoot it well from three, which was a a big one. Iowa ends up five of twenty three from three point range, one of ten in the second half, as I mentioned. And, and the other thing defensively, you know, Joe Wieskamp gets fifteen points in the first half. Garza had fifteen as well. Those guys had thirty of Iowa's thirty seven at the break. Wieskamp only gets one point in the second half. Garza gets his 13, uh, but a lot of again, a lot of those came early, and he got some at the free throw line. So, you know, credit to them for adjusting and really making things difficult for uh, for Wieskamp and Bohannon. We already talked about didn't uh, didn't score, but defensively Indiana forcing eight break. turnovers in the. Oh yeah, you, I, this was I was going to bring this up too. Go ahead, Coach. Yeah, they called a break with Frederick being out in the second half because it eliminated spacing. It was one less three point shooter, but you got to take advantage of it on the road. I mean, there were, there were players that are out for Indiana that would have helped tonight too. So it, it's their team on the floor against the team on the floor. You could very well have lost that game. So, you know, that's not, that's not the only reason. But they did catch a break because now you can guard uh, a little bit differently. Yeah. Any other, uh, any other numbers stand out, Jared, that you, uh, you see as you're looking over here? He's, He's muted. muted. Yeah, yeah, I'm back. Um, rookie, rookie, little, little rusty. We get it. It's okay. I think, I think one thing that's interesting to note, you know, as we all are very excited about this game and, and rightfully so is, you know, last year, Indiana had lost four in a row going into the Iowa game and obviously played really well against Iowa, scored 89 points. It was a huge victory kind of had us all thinking, Hey, you know, here we go. The next time out, they went and played at Michigan and delivered, you know, one of their worst performances of the season and lost by 24 points. And so, you know, it's, it's really important. I think there's so much to take from what you did defensively against a team like Iowa because they're so good offensively. It's important to remember for Indiana offensively, Iowa is not a very good defensive team. And they're going to give you some open looks and they're going to allow you to be comfortable offensively. You can drive on them at will. Yes, in ways that other Big Ten teams are not going to do. And so I think what's important for Indiana and what's important for the coaching staff, especially with a quick turnaround, you know, is to look at this and you want the guys to, to build confidence and to take confidence from what happened tonight. But you've also got to be realistic that some of the stuff that worked tonight is not going to work maybe as soon as the next game against Rutgers, right? And so that's important because sometimes you play Iowa, it's like, woo, scoring is easy. 
And then you come back to earth against, you know, a decent defensive team the next time out. And so Indiana really has to guard against what happened last year, which is you have a big win over Iowa, kind of feels like things are turned around, and then you get smacked in the face your next time out. Now, fortunately, Indiana, the Rutgers game is at home, right? I think it's a home game. Yes. Um, you know, and Rutgers hasn't been playing as well. So that's different than, you know, going on the road to Michigan. Um, but it is still, you know, worth noting. And I think it's, it's you know, it seems like the, the reasonable way to react to this win is – pure unbridled excitement pride you know <laughs> there haven't been that many of these wins so totally enjoy it but i think you can still be a little bit guarded and not think that you know now everything is fine just because we went and beat you know iowa on the road and it's going to be so so important how this team bounces back in the next game um and i just hope offensively they're ready because Rutgers is almost surely going to pre- prevent or present a much better defensive challenge uh than what iowa does yeah, absolutely. And I think as you look at you kind of look at it that way for one is that you don't want to feel like things are too easy, but you do want the guys that were able to generate some confidence from being able to knock down those open shots that they were given. You want that to carry over and not just be overconfidence, but at least, you know, some level of confidence in being able to knock down shots. So we'll uh we'll figure that out on Sunday. But uh But for now, uh, we're going to take another break. And uh, when we come back on the assembly call, we'll hand out our game balls and hit any other lingering storylines. Then we'll look ahead quickly to IU's next opponent. And then it'll be time for last call. That's all next here on the assembly call. Stick with us. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player fine. Sticky notes. Email alerts. A string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player fine. This is Deron Davis. And what's the only thing better than dominating a Duke big man in the post? It's celebrated with friends afterwards. Join Gerard, Andy, Ryan, and Coach on the Assembly Hall call after every IU basketball game. Go Hoosiers. And welcome back to the Assembly Call IU Post Game Show. Catch us live immediately following every IU basketball game, plus every Thursday night at our website, assemblycall.com. And while you're there, make sure you sign up for our free IU Hoops email newsletter. Over 7,000 of your fellow IU fans have already subscribed. You can also text IU to 66866 to subscribe to the newsletter. That's IU to 66866. I'm Andy Bottoms here with the coach Brian Tonsoni, Ryan Phillips, and this Gerard fellow that uh, Duran Davis referred to. And we're breaking down IU's 81-69 road win over Iowa. And now it's time for our game balls. Uh, All right, so we got all four of us so hopefully we can come to some kind of consensus there uh if we need to go to the chat mob for the tiebreaker we can but uh coach i'll throw it to you first i'm going with rob Finnessy. um you know there's obviously uh, other people that can be nominated win i wouldn't have a problem but i'm gonna go with rob Finnessy. no turnovers his his three assists uh, his defensive effort and 18 points and really set the tone uh, offensively uh in the first half and then came out in the second half and and did so as well and, and i think you know, we need those complimentary players to step up to be good. 
uh, and to win big games. Uh, Trace Jackson Davis is great, but he can't do it alone. And tonight I thought it was both ends of the floor uh, Rob's best performance in a long, long, long time. So that's where I'm headed. Jared? Games like tonight are why we had to create a second award, to, you know, to be able to, to to honor a guy like Jordan Geronimo or someone else who really deserves it. But man, I, I think you got to go with Rob Finnessy. I mean, I saw some comments from Archie Miller just talking about how important, you know, Rob's defense was and to get the kind of defense that you got from Rob, but then also the offensive lift and the big shots and the big plays and big moments. That's what you need. This is, do you remember after his freshman year, you know, we started talking about how he could elevate to being one of the best guards in the big 10. These were real conversations people were having about Rob because we saw that potential in him at times as a freshman. And those big performances have been few and far between, but this is the kind of performance that we envision night in, night out. You know, now we're not getting that, but we sure got it tonight. You do that. You go on the road. You know, as we said, the guards are the key to a win like this. Rob, Rob gets the game ball. Ryan? It's Rob. No question. Well, I might be his best game as a Hoosier. I think it probably is. You could, you could, you know, throw in some of those games he guarded Cassius Winston, but I'm taking this one. I think it was his best game. Uh, just he set the tone defensively with the guards and then was attacking, probing, looking for openings, and at times kept Indiana in the game and then hit a big three late to extend the lead uh, to double digits and, and, Really, I mean, at that point, there was still some stuff late where you're wondering if they're going to, once you go up 11 with fewer than three minutes left, you felt pretty good about winning that game. And, and it wasn't necessarily over, but it was pretty much in the bag at that point. Yeah, I'll, I'll make it a clean sweep with Rob. I just thought during, he was aggressive at the beginning of the game, which allowed IU to weather the storm a little bit because Iowa got off to a really hot start. They scored in their first four possessions, but Rob uh, made a three early for IU, had another nice drive that really just kept them from uh, getting out of it early until the defense came around. And then during that key run, in addition to him making the the three-pointer that was kind of the icing on on the cake of that run, his pass to Armand for a, another big three during that stretch was huge and, and just thought he made smart decisions, played really well on both ends of the floor. And, uh, yeah, I don't even think it was it, – it wasn't even that far into his freshman year, Jared. I think that we were having those conversations. So, uh, you know, it, and it's it's one of those things, the consistency piece that, that we touched on earlier. It's like you watch him play like this. Like this is, again, maybe not 18 points. That, that's, that's a lot to, you know, as you were thinking forward from that time that you were talking about. But, boy, that's the kind of impactful player he can be on both ends of the floor, and that's what makes it all the more frustrating when uh, – when things don't go that way. But uh, so Rob gets a clean sweep, which I think is his first. No, it actually be his third game ball of the season. So it shows you what I know. That's uh, surprising. I would have taken the under on that. I, I would have as well. And I had the numbers right in front of me. So it shows Penn you what State I know. is what's the other one? Uh, Penn State clearly was one. Yeah, that was definitely it. I don't know. I, I can't I can't remember what happened a week ago, let alone uh, <laughs> let alone what he what he might have done earlier in the season. But uh, all right. Now time for our next award. Nice. Great All work. Right, good Bob. one. Good one, Bob. <laughs> Excellent. All right, Ryan, I'll throw this one to you uh, to you first. Uh, you know, I think there are two answers here. Uh, I, I could see it giving it to Jordan Geronimo for all the effort he put in defensively. I opened with Ray's Thompson. I'm going to give it to him because of the work he put in on Luca Garza in 21 minutes. I, I thought that he set the tone for the defense the entire night. He did not wilt no matter what happened, and he outworked Garza every step of the way. 
And I think the rest of the team fed off that. We've seen all year this team does feed off of Ray Thompson and his effort and energy. It feeds off of Trace Jackson Davis as well. Both of those guys set the tone for this team. And I thought seeing the way Ray Thompson played against Luca Garza when he was when he was on him really changed the game and really set it up that Indiana wasn't going to give up anything easy tonight. And Indiana didn't pretty much all night, didn't give up anything easy. So I'm going with Ray Thompson. Uh, I could, I definitely could see someone throwing a, throwing a vote Jordan Geronimo's way. He were he played so well tonight, but I'm, I'm going with Ray Thompson. Jared. I agree. Definitely want to give some props to Jordan Geronimo for what he did. Heck, I, you know, I, again, reiterate props to Christian Lander for his first solid defensive performance. Like that was defense that would make Mike Roberts proud out there. And if he defends like that, he will get more time on the court, you know, and so hopefully this was a big, a big step for him. But yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Race Thompson as well um, because his, his ability, his willingness to battle uh, was big and he didn't put up the numbers tonight. But that, you know, just that that physicality was really, really important. So I'll echo Ryan. Coach, I'm going with Geronimo um, just to force it to you to, to decide or how you want to do it. I, but there's nothing wrong with both of those uh, selections. I, I just think Geronimo uh, came in during foul trouble, was in during the stretch, had a nice dunk, had a chance to put Indiana in a tie and take the lead. He missed a free throw, but, um, you know, seven points his hustle. And I really think he, he finished what race started, uh, in taking away, you know, Lucas, uh, mindset. And, and that was needed at a stretch when Indiana was down and, and came back. So, you know, um, kind of, I'm not arguing against race, but I, I do want to throw Geronimo out there for, for his contributions. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to go with Geronimo as well. So we'll either need the chat mob to do this, or it might be a game when, uh, when it could be warranted to give it to both of them. But, uh, just the lift that Geronimo had when he came in the game, I thought gave such a lift to the whole team. Just because those kinds of unexpected contributions, somebody comes in and makes a makes the plays that he was making, plays really hard, plays physical uh, against a against a national player of the year candidate uh, in his position coming from from you know his recruiting ranking, all that stuff. I mean, none of that really matters when you get out there, but. Uh, he just seemed to relish the opportunity to uh, to be out there and make plays. So I'll go to uh, I'll go with him, and we'll uh, we'll figure out after the fact how we want to how we want to divvy that up. But I just asked the chat mob to vote. So All right. we'll, you you Got talk it. about Rutgers, and then we'll uh, we'll tally up some votes. Exciting. I, Ray Thompson did show in the first half. I think it was on his second foul. Uh, he made a face and and kind of just walked away and just walked over to the bench. Uh, I had a similar. Uh, similar reaction to a call that was made in a game that I was coaching over the weekend where I just wanted to walk away before I did anything that I regretted. So uh, he was, he, he was victimized by a couple of those really bad calls as well. I, I just thought Garza was kind of allowed to, to do whatever he wanted. And when anybody got near him, it was a, uh, it was a foul. And I guess when you're a national player of the year candidate, that's the, that's the treatment you can expect. But I thought at least a couple of those were uh, were pretty cheap where I always ask myself, like, what what is the guy supposed to do differently than what he did to not be called for the foul? And there was at least a couple where I have no idea what I would tell uh, any of the players to do differently. So uh, as for Rutgers, it's 11 to 10 right now. Race oh, man. winning the vote. It's close. He keeps getting up by two or three and then two or three more Geronimos come in. All this right. Is, this is thrilling stuff this in the chat. Go runs. Going to go down to the wire. <laughs> so, so Rutgers comes in. They lost uh, at Penn State tonight. 
they are now three and six in the league. They've lost uh, five in a row and uh, six to seven uh, since starting uh, two and zero oh in the league. Now, I wouldn't really say any of those losses in and of themselves are are bad losses. You know, those losses have come. Uh, at Ohio State was their first loss. They lost to Iowa at home by a bucket. Lost at Michigan State by a, a wide margin. Uh, lost to Ohio State at home again by 11. Lost to Wisconsin at home by six. And then lost at Penn State by eight tonight. So, you know, they've had some tough games, but they have not played nearly as well defensively as, as what they did uh, a year ago. At least it feels that way when I've uh, when I've watched them. So, you know, they're coming in hungry for a win, though. And I think that's... As you go back to Jared's comments about uh, about IU not losing sight of what allowed them to win this game, I think it's also doing that against an opponent that's really going to come in uh, in in dire need of a win. So it, it will be as with with most Rutgers games, kind of a, a slugfest. I think it'll be interesting to see how the game is officiated, which. Uh, in the Big Ten, you, you never really know, uh, but I think that may go a long way toward uh, you know toward toward what decides the outcome. But uh, it is a team that's reeling a little bit, and one that uh, you know IU again. You're trying to get back on track. You're trying to make up for those home games that you lost. You've gotten a little bit of momentum back by winning this game. Don't give it back against a, a Rutgers team at home. To, to lose another uh, another home game. So uh, that, that'll be that. It's a noon tip, I believe, on BTN. At least that's what it was. I know they've, they've moved some games around, but I looked earlier, and that's what it looked like. So uh, 12 o'clock tip on the Big Ten My favorite. Network. Yeah, Ryan's favorite on a Sunday. So nice nice brunch for you. Is and, that before uh, the NFL games, though? Packers, Bucks, or? Yeah, I think those don't start till 3-ish or 2.30 or 3, I believe. So, yeah, get it in before your uh, NFL games, so. Uh, all right. Well, you are listening to the Assembly Call IU Post Game Show, and remember to check out our friends at Homefield Apparel. You can use the promo code Assembly Twenty at checkout to get twenty percent off your entire order. And all right, it's time for last call. And Andy, given that Andy, can I, can I can I jump in real quick? Uh, okay, sure. We have reports in the chat that the guy in the Pacific time zone would like to go first. Oh, that's what. Yeah. Is, oh, I was gonna. Oh, I was gonna hammer this. Don't worry. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so guys, since it's guys, he has he hasn't eaten, but sure, let all the East Coast people just. It's stay up less later. about me, and it's more about my girlfriend Madeline, who is waiting for me to eat dinner. And it's nine thirty here, and she hasn't eaten yet. She just got done with a spin class. She's hungry. She's got to, You know, this isn't about me, guys. This isn't about me. I'm thinking of others here. That's questionable. All right. Well. So yeah, so it's it's twelve thirty one here, and once this is uh, everybody's done, I'll need to you know upload this and uh, do whatever. But by all means, since it's nine thirty there, Ryan, why don't you uh, why don't you well, lead you us to, off with your final thoughts? You have to be on till the end anyway, so yeah, you're really complaining over nothing. Uh, look, it was the biggest win of of Archie Miller's tenure. I the more we've talked about this, the more I'm convinced of it, and and it it happened because of effort. Uh, you know, you can say, well, they knocked down threes or. They, you know, defended better or whatever. I mean, there's there's plenty of reasons we can go through. And Iowa missed missed some shots and played terribly offensively. All of that. You can mention all of that. But what it comes down to in the end is Indiana outplayed Iowa. They out-hustled Iowa. They played harder than Iowa. And when this team, as constructed, plays harder than other teams, it wins games. That's the baseline of this whole thing. They outplayed a superior team. And the result was a win. 
If you want the, the rap on this team, if you want to know what this team needs to do to win, it's hit a few shots and just out hustle everybody. And, and that's what happened tonight. And it was a huge win for this program. These players needed it. Forget the, forget the coaches and the program. These players needed this win, especially after the disappointment of the Purdue game. They needed this. And they went on the road in the Big Ten against a top five team and got it. That's got to be a huge relief for these guys. And it's going to be a great flight home. And then guess what? They got to go do it again on Sunday because you can't then lose to Rutgers. So it's, it's nice that they'll get to enjoy this, but they have to refocus. And as we always say, and I said it in the opening and I'll say it again, it's not about the win. It's not about the game you just played. It's about the next step. It's about what you how you build off that, how you recover from that, how you continue the narrative moving forward. That's always what you have to think about. Enjoy it on the plane ride. As soon as you get off the plane ride, start thinking about, hey, how do we get better? How do we continue to improve? And how do we go out and harness this against Rutgers and win a game? And so big night for the boys. I hope they are just partying away on that plane and really excited and get home and get some, get some good sleep because tomorrow they got to go back to work and, and, and build off of this. If they really want to make something of the season, they got to build off it. Coach, last thoughts from you. Yeah, it's just fun winning, Uh, you know, and, and, and we, we, we all, but the players and the coaches more than any deserve to win. And then we as fans, loyal fans deserve to have a night where you you're enjoying winning Uh, and it needs to happen more and more and more. So I'm going to enjoy this and read all I can about it. But the bottom line comes to what Jared always says, their standards in the program. And tonight were, was very close to those standards. And with this roster, our margin of error is really, really small, and you need to be aware. You need to be locked in. You need to be sharp for as many minutes as you possibly can in order to win against a tough conference. So now you've displayed that uh, against a top five team. The 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 job is consistency, uh, and, and that's simply there are going to be more losses because it's a tough Big Ten. But you want the play to be more consistent. If you get beat, have it be competitive. Uh, have it be where you're playing the right way and not, oh, you know, you might not have followed the scouting report for 10 minutes or whatever else it, it was. Some of the losses have been disappointing. This win um, was was more like it. It was on the road, which hasn't happened in the past. And so there's a lot of positives, but it's one game. Uh, and you flush it and you move on because in this Big Ten, if you don't stack games, you're going to be behind the eight ball when it comes time for the tournament. So just please for the guys, uh, guys' effort all the way, you know, one through uh, nine, one through eight who played, how many ever with the, the injuries we have, just proud of the coaching staff because I know how hard it is and how hard everyone wants to work towards a win. So congratulations, but let's keep it going. Jared. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Coach. I think let's let's let this one linger a little bit. We certainly let the losses yeah. linger, so 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 let's let a good win linger. You know, six losses in 15 games is too many. Uh, you know, and and but it's important to remember this team has played the seventh toughest schedule in the country, and you know the difference between feeling pretty good about where Indiana is right now and you know the the general tenuousness I think that we all have is. The home loss to Northwestern, the home loss to Purdue. You can't lose those games. You just I know Northwestern was red hot. You can't lose Northwestern at home. And you can't drop seven freaking games in a row against Purdue. You got to win those games, right? And so those games are really weighing 
down this Indiana team and the way that we feel about them. And rightfully so. That's exactly how it should be. A win like tonight's helps to start moving on from those. But you got to back it up with a win against Rutgers. Losing to Rutgers would be right in that class of losing to Northwestern, losing to Purdue at home. You can't do it. So let's let it linger. This is a this was a fun victory. You know, everybody played well. You know, there, I feel like we didn't talk about Anthony Leal enough. You know, for the things that he did. And how great is it to get to the end of a long show? And you know, you feel like there were still positives that we didn't get to enough of, right? So that's that's fun to have. Um, but in the grand scheme of things, you know, this game is only going to be as important as what it leads to next. And you know. Just like this program has had a history of playing Iowa well, which is why I had confidence that we'd be in this game tonight. You know, they have a history of kind of bouncing back from rock bottom and playing pretty well. They also have a history of not always handling big time success well, you know, and not following up a great performance with another one. And so that is the the charge that these coaches and that this team has. And hopefully they come out Sunday and uh, and do that because I think we can we can start to feel better i think if they're able to come out and do that um but for tonight for tomorrow and for saturday let's enjoy this one because it's fun it's nice to see the team uh bounce back play hard play together play with some joy uh that's fun to watch this is a fun game to watch and that's not something that we've been able to say a ton this year uh, even wins so enjoy it you know they earned it we earned it now let's go get another one well, I've learned that having all four of us on the show leaves very little to be said as the the final person to give thoughts. I think uh, certainly what you guys said is true in terms of what they do with building on this or backsliding into what they were or somewhere in between. And I think the spectrum of this team is as bad as it could be against in games like Northwestern and Purdue. And I don't think the team's quite that bad. And I'm not sure that the team is quite as good as it played tonight, that you had a lot of guys play well a lot of unexpected contributions. The, the key for this team is to try to figure out how to how to start to skew things, though, more toward the, the high side of their potential. And I'm hopeful that that some of these guys being able to come in off the bench and, and produce, and even some of the guys who didn't score a lot of points but made huge contributions. We talked about Ray Thompson a lot. We talked about Jerome Hunter. You know, those th- they had three points between the two of them. But both were were just so key in in the game at various moments that y- you hope that as confidence builds from those things, then it does allow you to start to skew more toward what the ceiling of the team can be, and and, and less toward the floor that we've seen at times. And uh, there, there's no way of knowing that if this if if following this program as closely as as we do. And doing this show over these last few years has taught us anything. It's that we have no idea what team is going to show up the next game. And we want to get to the point where we have a pretty good idea of this team's going to meet this standard and show up and do this game in and game out. But we aren't there yet. And so that leaves us all where you guys have said that we are. It's how do you follow up this game? And can you follow up this game and get some momentum? And I think the, the early part of the game will be really telling because you've got a team that's going to be hungry, but that is also reeling. If you come out and assert yourself early and play the way that they played during key stretches of this game, you've got a chance to kind of take the will away 
uh, of the opponent and really continue to build confidence. So as we think about that game and, and look ahead to that, that to me uh, is what I'll be watching for when uh, when things tip off on Sunday against Rutgers. But for tonight, as you guys said, just a phenomenal victory, an unexpected one. And uh, the unexpected ones when you're you're doing, doing this show uh, are the ones that you tend to enjoy the most because uh, you, you talk yourself into how, how bad things might be and uh, turn around and, you know, maybe maybe all is not lost and, and we'll see where things go from here. But hopefully this uh, becomes a turning point in the same way that we thought maybe the Purdue game was a turning point in the in the negative direction and uh, and that this is one they can really build on. So kudos to, to all the guys and the coaching staff for getting them ready to play and utilizing the week off that they had to uh, to get guys ready, develop a good game plan, and then go out and execute it. So uh, excited to talk about a win, as, uh, as Jared said, and that will do it for tonight's edition of the Assembly Call IU Postgame Show. And if you want to see us do the show live and be a part of the live chat, make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash assemblycall. And don't forget to go to assemblycall.com or text IU to 66866 to join our free email newsletter. Special thanks to longtime listener Bob Thompson, who produced much of the music you hear on the show. And thank you for listening. We'll be back to talk IU hoops again with you on Sunday after the Rutgers game. Until then, take it from me, Jordan Halls. Keep your elbow in and your eyes on the rim. And go Hoosiers. Thank everybody for coming out. All right, I got to get out of here, folks. Thank you. Here I come. This is done, Sony. All right, well, that was, that was much more fun than the last hey. show. You know, also got to remember, Iowa has a history of strong starts and then fading. The fades usually start right around this time. Their defense is now down to 90th in Ken Palm. I like Iowa. I like things that they can do, but this is why I've never believed in them as a real Big Ten contender or Final Four contender. We'll see. They may still get there. I mean, they've only lost two Big Ten games, but, yeah, you know, they, they lose games like this. This is not, this is not new for them. You know, one thing we didn't say on the show that I think is really good, you look at the eight Big Ten games, and Indiana's always at the eight-minute mark kind of struggled to bring it home, even in some of the wins. You know, the overtime win against Penn State and and Maryland and then some of the tight losses on the road, the games have been close in the last eight to set. You know, Purdue, it's it's a four-point game. We have a free-throw lane violation. It goes to six. We miss. Then they hit a three, nine, and and it was six minutes to go. You're kind of – behind the eight ball. Um, so the games we've been able to win, we had a little bit of a struggle from that eight-minute mark on. This was the first time where we, you know, at the 10, 11 minutes, we were down four or five, and we really took it at 8-10. It was tied, and we just really blew it away. So, again, one game doesn't make make a season, but maybe that's something to say, hey, you've learned how to finish now. Don't forget. Um, because the first Trace, seven games, you didn't yeah, do that. Yeah. Trace yeah. had a comment about that post game, something like, hey, you know, we finally – I think he was talking to Andy Katz – said you know we finally found a way to finish finally found a way to yeah. win tonight yeah and you wonder if and part of that isn't you know, we mm-hmm. talked about that a little bit you wonder I, the guards certainly weren't that fresh because they played a ton of minutes but the bigs were were a lot fresher than they normally would be by that point in the uh at the end of the game so maybe that had something to do with it maybe you know, it didn't, something but something else just to throw out there for listeners you can throw it back to us when we're on we're on next too is Sometimes you miss just that bulldog that Joey Brunk. You know, he's not the most perp, but but he he has some fight to him and that leadership with a little bit of get in your face. Uh, as much as I think Al's trying to lead and do a good job, Al's just a nice guy. You know, um, that that Joey Brunk being out there, you know, smacking someone around, diving on the floor, doing the junkyard, the brunkyard dog things. Um, 
you know that could that 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 has been missed uh, as well as some some depth issues. But boy, am I excited about if Geronimo can give seven to nine minutes and not be a huge drop off. If Lander can come in and give seven to nine and not get beaten off the drive and just just be an assist maker, um, boy, that gives us. Uh, you know, again, don't want to be too over positive because it's it's one game, but there's a lot of basketball things that, you know, Indiana's not had one blowout loss to Texas in the second game in the Maui. Um, knock on wood, it can still happen, but you're seeing some blowout losses in the Big Ten. It hasn't happened to IU yet, and so maybe Purdue kicked our butt. Yeah, the last six minutes though. I mean, it was it was fifty four fifty. Yeah, we didn't play well, but we didn't play well. Yeah. We're only down four, right? Yeah. And then it got away from us in the last six or seven minutes. But um, no, you can only hope, I guess. But you know, there's some things, things to build on. But the boy, they were much more aware defensively with their closeout technique than they were against Penn State and they were against Purdue. Yeah, it's it's stuff we've seen. Like you look at some of the comments. You know, I think Archie said, you know, we had a better practice. You know, Rob Finnessy said, coach got on us this week in practice. It's like, and and this is the only this is like my main caution heading out of this game. It's like we've seen this before, we've heard this before. You know, now well, it's maybe not a win at the, I don't know. Well, Michigan State was ranked third, I think, when we won at Michigan State. You know, so again, it's how do you back this up? But you got to take the first step of getting the big win and bouncing back from rock bottom. So they did I've, that. I've always said this: if if the coach has to be the strategy guy, the the leadership guy, the motivating guy, all of those. Wear all of those hats, your program's never going to be very good. Mm-hmm. You're going to need to have some internal leadership, some internal motivation, some personal motivation to maximize your talent. If, if, if a team needs a coach to yell at them all the time to play at their max, then ultimately that's going to wear off sometimes. And I think that's what you see, you know. Um, yeah. And, and that's on everybody. Uh, I'm not trying to defend anything here, but, um, man, you're playing college basketball. You, you shouldn't need to be – the Gipper speech every every game to go out there and play. You know, it should be for the love of the game and go out there and want to knock people around. And uh, no, you hope this was like the coach kind of lighting a fuse. You know, right? And, and at times it's needed. Yeah. Don't don't get me wrong. It's needed. I mean, we've had one of those weeks this week where where we won, split some games uh, last week, and we have a real tough game on Friday, and we have been absolute. <laughs> rear ends to our guys this this week. I mean, on the end line. I mean, if they don't have their hand up on a closeout, it, we're, we're playing an equivalent of Iowa for shooters. And so we've worked on closeouts, and, boy, we put them on the end line, and uh, we've been really tough. And you need that. Um, but at some Coach, point – as, as a wise man once said. Got to have a little butthole in you. <laughs> That's right. You, you do. You got to have a little bit. You know what? I'm going to close out, not because the coach is yelling, because I want to I beat the crap out of them, dude, you know? And sometimes I think that our guys go up and down with that mental awareness. Yeah, I think if you need to do it to refocus everybody, and I mean, again, time will tell. If if you're doing it this week to refocus everybody, that's fine. But if you got to, I mean, and eventually that that message gets lost because you're, you're having to do that all the time. You're just not even getting getting through what you need to get through. But that's where you got to get your right guys in. It still comes back to getting the right guys in. Yep. I mean, in college game, in high school, it's a whole different ball game because it's whoever shows up, you know, at the call out. Yep. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, Jared Morris show up. You know, what do you do as a head coach when when Jared Morris shows up? He's a nice guy. You know, you got to try to find a spot for him. He's all Just shooting, but no guarding. Set me some picks, coach. I'll make That's shots. Right. See, he didn't go. He doesn't talk defense. He wouldn't play for me. <laughs> nice. Hey, Andy. Andy. 
I need your no, predictions okay. on this weekend's football game so I can bet the opposite. I, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm more than happy to give them to you. I got a real good read on all kinds of stuff right now. Yep. You'd, you'd be surprised. <laughs> Coach, you would have been proud. I think it was my junior year of high school, and we, it was over Christmas break. And we had played like really, you know, poor, poor defensively. And uh, a, a buddy uh, uh, and I, we were like, you know what? Screw this. We were like, let's take these practices over Christmas break and just bust our asses on defense as much as possible. And he's going to have to play us. He's not going to have any choice but to play us. And we went just balls out in practice that week, playing just unbelievable defense, got on the court and it kind of turned things around. And it's, you know, it's stuff like that can happen. You know, you just need a couple of guys internally that are just like enough's enough. You know, let's go figure it out because it does start on that end. I was never good at defense, you know, but just give effort, do the right things, be in the right places, you know, pay attention, you know, and that's this. It it was slipping for this team and they've got to have a defensive identity, you know, so. And I tell you what, Hunter was pretty bad defensively the first 10 minutes. He gave up seven, eight points, but he rebounded and played a really great second half tonight. Yeah, I mean, Garza got his 28, but it took him 22 shots, so, you know. Garza. Take it. He's no Calvert Chaney. <laughs> no, he's not. He hasn't pa- passed Cal- – is he close? Nah. Luca Garza is not a pimple on Calvert's backside. He didn't score enough early in his career. Yeah, as I say, he didn't – it was really just been these last two years that he turned it on. So, he's going to mm-hmm. struggle in the league. Yeah, I don't. Who's he I mean, going to guard? Great, he's, What's he's, that? Who's he going to guard? Yeah, I mean, he's a great college player, offensive player, but he's going to have trouble in the league. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, mean, I think that's ultimately why he came back as much as anything. I mean, they, in that scenario, you could say whatever you want, but if you if you could have gone and got drafted, you'd have gone and got drafted. I would I would imagine. Yeah. So, who mm-hmm. knows. All right, so you guys got so right, Sunday. Uh, Sunday is noon. I might be able to be on for the first part. I think Mallory's game is not till three something. So, but I definitely can't. I'll be, I'll be I definitely can't Sunday. host. Okay, we have yeah, we have family coming in. Okay, so, so we'll see. I think Ryan should be Ryan should be good. So yeah, I think I'll be able to get on at the beginning. I'll let you guys know if, unless I'm unless I got the game time wrong in my head. But we gotta get some wins. We're Oh, and three in the league. We lost three games by a total of six points. I blame the coach. I, I would too. I do. <laughs> no, we had that one. This was, I don't know why I'm still talking about this. I should just go to bed, but whatever. Uh, we had one. We're in overtime. We we somehow put the other team in the bonus. The officiating was questionable. That was the one where I had to turn and like walk all the way to the corner of the court so that I could just not say anything. But, um, so Mallory gets fouled with like five seconds left, um, two shots. Like I just looked at her. She's just terrified. I was like, this is probably not going to go well. It did not. So she goes off and just bawling after the game, feeling like she let everybody down and whatever else. So that was a, that was a bummer. They bounced back, played a really good team in the league. We had them. We were within one in the last, in the last minute and couldn't get over the hump. So maybe this will be the weekend. Let's hope so. Hey, come on. You can do it. They're playing hard. We're we're good. We're a good defensive team. We we much like IU struggle to put the ball in the basket and shoot free throws about as well too. So, 
I um, I probably shouldn't be thinking about you all when I'm in the middle of coaching a game, but we were up 20 to 7, and then it got down to there, 28. There's worse things you could be thinking about us in the middle of, so I suppose it's okay. Yeah, it got down to 28, 27, and I'm thinking, oh, man, what would the guys be saying on the post-game show right now? How do you give up a 27, 20 to 7 lead and make it 28-7? And then we got back up 20. We, we were up, made it high at 28 in the second half, ended up winning by 17 or 18. But I did. They, when they hit it and they went to 28-27, I thought, oh, God, Ryan be all over us in the postgame show. <laughs> Good news is that if you don't tell us, we're never really going to know what happened. So you're probably yeah, safe yeah. from uh, from any kind of criticism unless you tell us about my, it, in which I case. I caught myself going, what in the world? You got to. Yeah, I'm not coaching for these idiots. What do I care? You know, what are you going to do? <laughs> all right. I'm gonna wrap this up, I'll, Jared. I'll I'll uh I'll get this good night, sent over everybody. quickly. I just but, hope uh, Brian had a good dinner. I I sure hope so. I'm about ready to eat again. It's been a while since I ate. I it's been it's been quite a while since Go I ate dinner. Go to bed. Yeah, we're on I, virtual school again starting tomorrow. We've uh, had an outbreak pretty bad at our school. Yeah, yeah, one of the one of the ones here at the one of the high schools here has uh, doing the same thing. So it's a good night to stay up late because I I just got to report by eight. So there you go. Yep. Nice. Have a good one, everybody. All right, cool. All right. Enjoyed it. And uh, we will talk to everybody on Sunday. See you guys. See you. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Woo. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player fine. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader. <laughs>